History is filled with legitimately countless cases of people disappearing without nearly a trace and left in their wake are unanswered questions and mysteries waiting to be solved. Well, it could happen to any of us. There's something all that more interesting when someone everybody knows goes missing under mysterious circumstances. And sometimes the abduction cases themselves are so strange that they go on to live in infamy. Here are five cold cases of famous people disappearing. Number five, Gene Spangler. The list begins with the mysterious disappearance of a prominent woman whose dream of stardom fizzled out with her sudden departure from the limelight 70 years ago. Jean Spangler was born in Seattle, Washington, and when she was a teen, moved to New York City to attend the prestigious Earl Carroll Theater Company, hoping to make it big one day on the silver screen. Through her God-given beauty and talent in dancing and acting, the starlet was able to make a name for herself, even landing a small role in the 1950s Kirk Douglas film, Young Man with a Horn. She got roles in other noteworthy films like When My Baby Smiles at Me and Chicken Every Sunday. And she had also been a stand-in for Elizabeth Taylor. But her shot at fame came to an unfortunate and abrupt halt on a brisk autumn day back on October 7, 1949. 26-year-old Jean left her home in Los Angeles that day and told her sister-in-law that she was going to meet up with her ex-husband to discuss some child support payments. Last time the woman was actually seen alive, she was at a grocery store close to her home, but Jean never returned there, and no one ever saw or heard from her again since. Two days later, the woman's purse was found at the entrance of Griffith Park in L.A. Both straps were torn loose, so... It appeared as if it had been forcefully snatched off her arm. No money was found inside. However, Jean's sister-in-law said that the missing woman didn't bring any when she left the house. There was, however, a note, though, which read, Kirk, can't wait any longer. Going to see Dr. Scott. It will work best this way while Mother is away. Police immediately worked on the lead by locating every Kirk or Dr. Scott in the area, but none of them seemed to be tied to the woman in any way. Meanwhile, over 200 volunteers and police officers joined together to search for Jean, but not a single significant clue was found. Investigators, of course, initially considered her ex-husband a suspect in the disappearance, but he was eventually left off the hook due to a lack of evidence. Also investigated was her alleged involvement with a man who, according to rumors, had connections to organized crime. Despite all the efforts, the case still went cold, and Spangler's disappearance is still a mystery. Where she went or who she went with is unknown, though there have been many theories and speculations that surfaced over the years. Some think the actress was a victim of foul play, For others, it's possible she may have run away to start a new life. Jean truly was a candle burned out long before the legend ever did. Number 4. Christopher Dansby and Shane Walker It was in 1989 when news broke out about two separate incidents where two small children... Christopher Dansby and Shane Walker suddenly disappeared from their respective homes in Harlem, New York. 
These two cases are eerily similar in that they took place in the same part of NYC. They happened during the same time of day and week. Most importantly, both cases remain unsolved. To get a better understanding, here are the facts. Though the boys never played together and their mothers never knew one another, both families were practically next-door neighbors at the expansive Martin Luther King Jr. Towers housing project in Harlem. Those who lived there often visited the nearby playground on Lenox Avenue, where most parents and guardians would let their kids roam free for the most part. On Thursday, May 18, 1989, at 7 p.m., Allison left her two-year-old son, Christopher, with her mother to watch over him while she went to get some groceries. In a later interview, Christopher's grandmother said she only took her eyes off the boy for a moment, but when she turned back, he was no longer there. By the time Allison returned with some snacks, it was already too late. Similarly, 19-month-old Shane Walker was at the same park at around 7 in the evening on Thursday, August 10th of 89. Mom, Rosa Glover, was sitting on the bench watching her toddler when two older kids approached and asked if they could play with Shane. She said it was fine, and just as quickly a man sat down next to her and started striking up a conversation. Courtesy prompted her to look at the person as they talked, turning her head slightly away from the baby. And then, when she turned back to look at her child, he was gone. These strange details led investigators to come up with various theories about how the two cases could be linked. For one, many believe that Dansby and Walker were abducted as part of a conspiracy to sell babies for adoption. At the height of the investigation, it was believed that someone might be desperate enough to adopt a baby but unqualified to do so. So as a result, he or she stole the children, or at the very least hired someone to do it. Another theory pointed out to the possibility that the kidnappings might be drug-related, such that children, for a variety of reasons, may have been sold in order to buy drugs. This theory is a little more far-fetched, but not out of the question. These two incidents happened in the same place just months apart, and yet the Criminal Justice Service says that the abduction of children by a stranger is relatively rare. By far, most missing persons cases, including that of minors, are non-custodial parental kidnappings and runaways, meaning it's most likely a family member who abducts the victim. There's also the terrifying theory that the person doing this was a serial killer running loose in the projects. And Glover once received a phone call saying her son was buried in an abandoned building. However, police could not find any solid proof that this was the case. These two cases are very strange and, because they happen in the same place, are very much most likely connected. How or why, though, we may never know. Number 3. Ambrose Bierce A master of the macabre, Ambrose Bierce stands almost as tall as the likes of literary masters Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft. The author of The Devil's Dictionary and An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, Bierce's works have been described as some of the most famous and frequently anthologized stories in American literature. 
But aside from his literary genius, this prolific and versatile writer was also a well-regarded journalist in the U.S. And during the last years of his life, Beers truly found his niche and was more into journalistic writing than ever before. At the age of 71, in October of 1913, Beers made his way south as he toured his old Civil War battlefields. He made his way west, ultimately towards Mexico, as he had expressed his intentions to cover and gain first-hand experience of the Mexican Revolution being led by Pancho Villa. This was a defining event happening south of the border, and Beers was able to tag along as an observer during several battles. In one final letter to a friend dated December 26, 1913, Beers said that he'd be leaving for an unknown destination and after which he vanished without a trace. The U.S. consular office in Mexico subsequently conducted an investigation regarding the man's disappearance, and those who were interrogated, including several of Vila's men, most of whom gave contradictory accounts. The general's representative in the U.S. was also interviewed, and according to him, rumor has it that Beers was executed by a firing squad in Sierra Mojada, Mexico. But still, no one could verify this story. And the truth is, all of what Beers was doing may have actually been part of a different plan of his all along. Some scholars and fans of his work speculate that the real answer to this mystery could be found in his own stories. And in fact, researchers were able to establish eerie parallels between his fiction and that of his real-life disappearance. He often talked about suicide and the fear of dying of old age and disease. But many believe that Beers deliberately caused confusion about what happened to him, and that he may have actually gone out the way he wanted to, by taking his own life. Number 2. Dorothy Arnold Manhattan, 1910 the place was just about as busy and bustling as the city we know today, which is why it's hard to imagine that a beautiful, famous, and socialite kind of woman could vanish amidst the crowds there in broad daylight. However, on December 12, 1910, Dorothy Arnold did exactly that. Dorothy lived a charmed life. Her father, a Harvard graduate, was the founder of Arnold & Co. Perfume and Cologne Imports. The name Arnold itself held a certain ring of New World royalty back then, and rightfully so, as the family were proud descendants of the Mayflower passenger William Brewster. The family enjoyed a privileged existence. Still, though, despite their affluent status, nothing could shield the family from what was about to happen to their daughter. On that morning of December 12th, 25-year-old Dorothy told her mother that she wanted to go out shopping for a dress that she wanted to wear to her younger sister's upcoming debutante ball. She reportedly ran several errands that day, stopping by at the Chocolatier store to purchase some tasty treats and popping into a bookstore. Clerks there all attested to the woman's high spirits when they talked to her, though there were no reports indicating that she ever did arrive at the shop where she intended to buy that dress. By nightfall, the Arnolds began to worry when Dorothy still hadn't arrived back home. 
Despite her absence, the family decided not to alert the police for fear that the incident might make it to the news and thus could mark up their good reputation. What they did, though, was reach out to some friends and private investigators to look into the matter. When their attempts proved fruitless, the family was forced to file a missing persons report with the NYPD in January of 1911. By then, almost a month had passed and Dorothy was nowhere to be found. Various theories, sightings, and rumors about the woman's disappearance have since surfaced, with one suggesting that the perfume heiress may have run away to start a new life. It was found out that she had a desire to pursue a career in writing, a thing that didn't bode well with her family considering her social status. Based on the way they handled her as a missing person, it's not surprising to see how she may have not enjoyed that sort of life of scrutiny. So, it's possible that she may have faked her own disappearance in order to create a new life elsewhere under a different name. Still, another more gruesome possibility was considered as well, that Dorothy may have been kidnapped or even murdered. At that time, high-status women were being kidnapped and held for ransom, although the Arnolds never confirmed if they in fact did receive a demand. She may have fought back against her attackers, and perhaps the worst happened, and that her body disposed of somewhere unknown. There were also speculations saying that Dorothy may have been murdered by someone she personally knew, like a former lover or rival. Whatever the case may be, more than a century later, Dorothy Arnold's sudden disappearance remains unsolved to this day. Her case has since become the subject of many books, articles, and documentaries, all of which attempt to shed some sort of light on the mystery. Number 1. Sean Flynn Nepotism is real, and often we see it with famous parents helping their children gain notoriety in one way or another. Sean Flynn, for example, gained popularity because he happened to be the son of legendary Hollywood hunk Errol Flynn. Born in 1941 in California, Sean initially followed in his old man's footsteps and tried to pursue a career in acting. But things never really clicked for him. As time went on, the young man realized that it wasn't really the limelight that he craved. He was never passionate about Hollywood. It was through his love for photography that really fueled him. He was able to travel all around the world, capturing stunning images of people and places along the way. The more he shot, the more he wanted to do better, do more, and snap pictures in a way never seen before. Coupled with his panache for adventure... Sean started working with a group of like-minded, high-risk photojournalists, people like Tim Page, Henry Hewitt, and Dana Stone, to name a few. And many of these people had seen action in the battlefield during Vietnam. Despite the risk, they would do anything to get not only the best, but the grittiest pictures possible. Putting themselves in harm's way was well worth it as far as they were concerned, and Sean felt no different. In March of 1966, Flynn was shot and wounded in the knee while over in Vietnam covering the war. Then in April of that same year, he joined the U.S. Green Berets on patrol when they were ambushed by the South Vietnamese communists. Though he wasn't in the army, he was given a rifle anyway and made to fight his way out of the intense battle. 
Unfettered and unshaken by the apparent danger of his line of work, Flynn kept on pushing the limits. In 1970, Sean and Dana were deployed in Cambodia to cover the ongoing strife between pro-government groups and the Khmer Rouge. And Locke must have run out for the two because according to reports, this would be the last time they were seen alive. After a brief press conference in Saigon, the pair jumped onto their motorcycles and headed to an area where they were supposed to interview a few of the enemies. Technically, journalists are supposed to be off-limits in time of war, but the rules aren't always followed. Despite being warned by many not to proceed, both Flynn and Stone did otherwise. As a result, they were taken off their vehicles and ordered to march toward the nearby tree line, and neither was ever seen alive again. Despite the extensive search efforts and investigations conducted in the following years, the fate of the two photographers remains unknown. Of course, many believe that they were held captive in a Vietnamese prison camp and were killed after. And then still others heard rumors that Flynn and Stone were executed right there after they were captured. Conspiracy theorists, however, went on to speculate that the U.S. government had their hand in it all. That the pair of photojournalists had in their possession information or images that compromised the U.S. Army's war efforts. As such, they were told to go do the interview that everything would be safe, knowing, in fact, that the exact opposite was true. So there were five cold cases of famous people disappearing. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and if you like this episode, please do subscribe so you don't miss out on all the new content we're putting out each week. Follow our socials down in the description below for even more exclusive content. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys soon.